0: everyone and welcome to the Rodeo Kid Podcast. I am your host Kamri Rorda and we hope that your summer has been phenomenal so far. If you are pro rodeo and amateur rodeo and you guys have been burning up the trail, those of you who are still in that youth stage, we've got the junior high finals wrapped up, the little britches, the IFYR, those are all in the books and the high school finals is going on right now. So we are in the heat of rodeo season. Cowboy Christmas is over and you're probably either at that place where you have been on cloud nine and things have been aligning for you. And that is awesome. I hope you take that feeling and you hold on to that and you carry it and you make notes about it and you remember what that feeling feels like. Uh, It's just such an amazing time when you can be up on that mountain and you can just feel what hard work paying off feels like. It's just amazing and it can't be replaced. For those of you who are on the flip side of that, where maybe you're struggling and things aren't quite going well, this podcast is for you. Today we have a vulnerable, honest, open, such a truthful podcast with Victoria Proctor who is out on the rodeo trail chasing her gold buckle dreams, going for that rookie of the year in the WPRA and she just shares the struggle. She shares the highs and the lows and the mindset battles and all of the crazy things that that go with it. And so today's podcast is just awesome. She talks about how she's making it through those tough times when she's out there by herself beating up the road and uh, struggling with her horse a little bit and just trying to, to keep moving forward in a time that it's pretty tough for her right now so that she can finish this year strong because she's just kind of been in a I'm not going to say a slump because we don't really believe in slumps here, but she's been in a very learning season where things are a little muddy and she is figuring out how to just pull herself through. So this podcast is just awesome. It's full of rich nutrition that is going to be so relatable. Uh, Maybe you're not there right now. Maybe again, you are on that cloud nine and you are doing great. Maybe things are going pretty good for you, but If you're like the majority of people at this point in time in the year, because there's only so many spots in the winner's circle, this podcast is going to help you pull through. It's going to give you that hope. It's going to make you want to stay on the road and keep chasing those gold buckle dreams. So without further ado, I would like to introduce Callie McCoy, our team leader, interviewing WPRA professional barrel racer and on the hunt for the rookie of the year title in those gold buckle dreams at the Thomas and Mac, Victoria Proctor.
1: changer, history maker, world changer, history maker.
0: Welcome to the RodeoKids.com podcast, where we empower youth to be their best selves through the values and traditions of the rodeo and Western lifestyle. We've
2: been on here before, but reintroduce who you are and tell us where you are currently.
3: My name is Victoria Proctor. Uh, I'm in the rookie race for the WPRA Barrel Racing. Currently, I'm in a little town in Colorado, just resting up for the
2: weekend before Cheyenne and the
3: Salt Lake City semifinal.
2: So where have you been lately? What rodeo have you been hitting?
3: Uh, so for the 4th of July, I hit about six. Didn't have very much luck. I did all right. Pulled a few checks. Just not how I wanted. My mare got sick after casper the college finals which was mid-june so i had to get off her for reno which kind of sucked and she had two weeks off so we were kind of get back in the groove for the fourth of july uh the break helped her a lot but just kind of put us back a few weeks uh we went to like oakley i think red lodge mandan Belfouche, cody and livingston over the fourth pulled checks at a half of them then after that, we went to uh, Vernal and Estes Park. I pulled a check at Vernal, no good at Estes Park, then came back up for Casper, Sheridan, and the Salt Lake City qualifying rounds. I did all right at Sheridan, just, you know, luck wasn't on my side, Didn't, just right out of a check. I made the semifinals at Salt Lake City, which would be this, yeah, this week. And then tough luck at Casper, so I came to a friend's house in Colorado. i It was rough mentally, so I uh, you know had to breakdown, convinced Tammy to fly out here and just help me regroup for a few days. I dropped her off at the airport last night. We rode four times, we got together, we regrouped, we made a plan, so I'm feeling a little better about the next few that I'm entered in. I have Cheyenne tomorrow then Salt Lake City and Bay, then Nampa, and then from there, depends on how good I do.
2: That's good. (laughs) Wow. So, how long have you been on the road?
3: So, I left May 31st. I pulled out of Texas. We went to about five rodeos. We rodeoed kind of like around and up to... uh, Canada for the qualifier we went like we had one in Texas one in Arkansas a few in Oklahoma then we went to Kansas that's where I got my first rodeo win it was like straight sloppy mud in Kansas which is what I love and then we drove basically the whole way up to Canada for the qualifier I had ground trouble at Canada but my hauling partner Sidney Graham made Calgary which was super fun and then I came back so yeah, May 31st, so almost two months.
2: How did you go about packing to be gone for an extended amount of time?
3: Uh, you know, it was just me winging it. I mainly just packed the horses stuff, like tried to get every, I loaded as much feed as I could because I had to switch feeds when I got up here. Uh, I loaded like, I sweater legs, I pack her feet, I pulled So I had, made sure I had all of that, in, like jugs for like, if I need to hydrate her with IV, I, we just stocked up. And then for me, my mom said, I packed too many clothes. She's like, you're taking up too much room in the trailer, but you know, you never know when you can get to a washing machine up here, but uh, I don't know. I didn't really have a game plan. I just kind of threw it all together and figured it out along the way. And luckily I haven't been too, you know, I, I've had everything I've needed so far, or if I didn't, I got it from a vet or from a friend, something like that.
2: Was there anything you wish you would have brought, like from home?
3: <laughs> I wish I would have packed more sweet tea because that is hard to get up here. And that is like what I run off of. Uh, you know, I wish I would have gotten with my vet and packed more meds for my horses. I mean, obviously, I didn't know Bunny was going to be sick, but I didn't have quite everything I needed to get her over that, Uh, but there hasn't been too much that I've just been like, dang, if I would have just brought that from Texas.
2: Is there anything that's been like a true lifesaver on the road that you brought?
3: Um, Well, an impact wrench, for sure. I haven't had too many tire troubles, but we did have to pull a tire off the other day off of Sydney's truck like a big old rock got stuck between our dual tires and had we not had that impact wrench, it would have been awful. Cause it was the, my phone overheated. Like I just set it on the, uh, the bed of the truck and my phone, when I picked it back up like two minutes later, it was overheated. So it's not Texas hot. I'm not going to say it's hot up here, but it was hot enough that I didn't want to be on the side of the road, you know, using a four way to change a tire. That has been a game changer. I feel like you cannot leave without that
1: um i think that when it comes to impact wrenches, it doesn't matter how far you're going if you got a trailer you need to have one of those exactly and jacks like (laughs) i keep it in the back seat of
3: my truck and i plug it in and it stays right there and like that it doesn't matter if you're going to a jackpot 15 minutes away that is a necessity
1: yes i always tell dads if they want to get their daughter something like especially when they're going off to college to college rodeo like Daddies, get your daughters an impact wrench and teach them how to use it because they're going to yes. need it. And even if they don't know how to use it, and you at least get them one. Men are more likely to help your daughters change their tire if you got power tools involved. <laughs> yes,
3: yes, and they're they're pretty easy. I know when my dad got it for me, I'm like, uh, like that's not really what I wanted for my birthday, but yes, I did, and I really appreciate it. And then <laughs> yeah. on the horse aspect, this is going to sound a little, I. I'm not sponsored by oxygen, but I am like a firm believer in their focus. Like I would rather have that than I would rather like borrow a bit than not have focus. Like that is a number one for bunny. She gets that every single run and not having that just kind of throws throws us off a little bit because she is a little hot and I am a firm believer in that product. And I, I, I keep that stocked up in my trailer. Cool
2: have you discovered any packing hacks while being
3: gone? Um, I wish I could say yes. You know, I um uh, I went through an organ it's it's nice when it's just me in the trailer because I have more room for everything, but it's also, you know, you're alone. So when Sydney gets in with me, we just kind of we don't have the best storage in my trailer for people or really for horses. Uh so we just we pop down the bunk bed and we use that as a shelf. I mean, that's a hack, but I know a lot of people that have a bunk bed use that. And then in my trailer, I just get like, uh, I don't even know what they're used. They're just like the bins with the lids on it for like my furs in, my stuff to sweat, my stuff to pack. Nothing really special. I wish I, I wish I had better answers, but I'm still a rookie that's trying to figure it out.
2: Exactly. So switching over to like the mental side. How do you feel mentally? How do you feel mentally? Is the road wearing on you?
3: Being oh man. Uh, I'm gonna be honest, when you texted me that day, it was like the worst. I, I like I looked at the text and I was like, I'm not gonna say no. Cause you know, I if I have a platform, I wanna like preach about what God's done to me and you know reach as many people as I can. But it it was like And it sounds dramatic, but it was just like, everything had just worn me down to the point of, I was driving home that day. Like I was headed to Texas and my truck broke down. And so I had to stop in Colorado or I had to leave. I had to get everything figured out and find a place in Colorado to fix my truck. And then I didn't have enough time to get to Texas and come back up for Cheyenne. And so like after Salt Lake City, I called Tammy like in tears. I was like, I cannot do this. I'm not tough enough. I like I'm not riding good, my horse isn't working good, just everything, and she's like, well, let's come home, let's regroup, we will get a better like game plan, mental, everything, and go back up, and I'm like, well, if I come home, I'm not going back up, and I was just like, I just had the worst, I was just so negative, negative. and then the next day, I had, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna run at Casper, and then I'm going to drive 18 hours to Texas. I have five days until Cheyenne. I'll get three days in Texas, two to three days in Texas. Uh, then I'll come back up for Cheyenne. We'll see how it goes. And so I had that whole plan. And I texted Tammy. I'm like, okay, I'm going to need you for these three days. And then I get in my truck and uh, I just have issues. With it. No one, Casper could help me. No one, like the closest that would, that would be willing to help me right then and get me on the road was in Fort Collins, a great, great dealership. Uh, So I went there the next day, I left at like three in the morning to get there when they opened. I dropped my horses off at a great family, the Wailerts in uh, Colorado. And then they fixed me up within like, probably five or six hours. And I had called Tammy after that truck had broke down. And I was like, well, now everything's perfect for me to come home and to call it quits, but now I don't want to, I'm like, I wanted it to be on my terms. I wanted to decide that I was coming home because of how my horse was and how I was riding, but not because of my truck. She's like, Oh my God, Victoria, you were just being a girl right now. I'm like, you know what? I am. Why would I want to go home to 110 degrees weather? And so I think I had enough mental breakdowns that she was like, okay, okay. I will come. I'll fly out to Denver. We'll get two days. Uh, we did two days on the horses, which, I mean, the most you can really do on Bunny is walk. So she walked for about two days straight. Tammy got on her, fixed her up, and I learned everything on the colt that, you know, doesn't even really go to the right, but she went to the right for those two days. And I think that was just a good, mentally, I could get back where I think I needed to be. And then, you know, it was good. We we had two days of not rodeos. Uh, she had been telling me for like a week, you've got to get out of your head. You've got to go play putt-putt, go watch a movie, go do your laundry, go read a book. And I'm like, that's not fixing me. That's not fixing me in the arena. I, I want to get on my horse and I want to tune her up, but I don't know how, because this is just, she's not running like she ever did. And I can, I can keep her together in Texas, but when you get out here, it's just big, wide open, no fences, barrels in the middle of nowhere. 10 miles to the first and it is just different and so I think I even if Tammy didn't do anything but walk the barrels and didn't even explain anything I think I just would have been felt better about more confident but we talked about it we explained it we went through my bits we just had like a two-day rundown course of just getting me back together and I feel so much better about the next month. Cause it was rough for like a whole week. I was just crying all the time. I'm like, I'm not tough enough. My horse, we just, we just aren't supposed to be out here.
2: That's really nice to hear coming from someone on like a whole other level of like, cause I I mean, as a high school kid, I've been in slumps and I've wanted to just throw my sucker in the dirt. And like Mm. I do this, I'm not high enough caliber to compete here. but I mean, no that, yeah, that's
3: exactly how I felt. I had a a magazine call me and interview me, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I'm just like at the worst mental state right now. So I don't want to sound negative, but I just I don't think that it is fair to the people listening, the people that want to do this in the future, to think it's all you know sunshine and rainbows. Because for a little bit, I didn't even remember what colors were in the rainbow, and it it wasn't even like everything was falling. Like I wasn't having trailer issues. I my horse was healthy again, and I I knew what it was like to have two weeks of like being worried about my horse. And so it was just like mentally, I felt like the devil just had me in a chokehold and was just like telling me I wasn't good enough. I was like, you know, my horse can't do it out here. Like we're we're only good in the small pens, and you know I can't adjust my riding quick enough for this. And it was just like every negative thought that you could have, I was having it like no confidence. And I come out here so confident. Like I thought, man, she's going to love this and we're going to do great. And it's just going to be a great summer. And I, I feel dumb forever even thinking that.
2: You talked about how having Tammy fly out and really just reset everything. I think that speaks a lot about who you surround yourself with. Yes, for sure. You know, cause
3: you're not alone out here, but when I'm, I was in a rig by myself for about a week and a half, cause Sydney went to Calgary and I just felt alone. I'm like, you know, everyone I'm talking to they they feel the same way as I do. Like I have talked to all these rail racers and they're like, I want to go home. doesn't matter if they're winning or losing. Like, but I was like, I'm homesick, but I don't want to go home. I just want to be up here and I'm winning and I want to win. I don't want to be up here and I don't want to lose. And so to like, I told, I called Tammy the other day and I was like, are you ready to delete my number yet? (laughs) She's like, no, it's fine. I remember my rookie year and how awful it was. And just, you know, that this, you just have to get through this one year and it's not going to be easier, but at least you're going to have, like, I'm going to know not to drive down the gorge or not to go. When you go from Bernal Esses Park, there's an awful uh, park in Colorado that they'll tell you, you'll just come out of your trailer crying once you drive through it. And so I'm learning that and, you know, I'm learning that I need to have a better mental game to even leave Texas with, but, you know, it, it, you, you've got to have people that you can surround yourself that, you know, you can cry to, but when you're done crying, they're going to be like, all right, you know, you can't cry your way out of this. You've got to fix it.
1: Mm-hmm. One thing, um, you know, as you, you're talking about, you made the comment that you got to have a better mental game when you leave Texas. But at the same time, you don't have no idea what kind of mental game it takes until you're in it. No. And one of the that I've really, um, I actually personally hired a performance, uh, mental performance coach for myself because I've just kind of felt like um, I've been struggling myself, and I thought, you know, other other sports and every aspect have something like this you know they have people for their brains they have people for their bodies they have people for the strategy you know they has got uh, this huge support system that is right by their side 24 7 cooking their food cleaning their house i mean and in rodeo we don't have that and so just trying to to do what i can to set that up and so anyway i i hired this guy and i have weekly meetings with him and one of the things the last couple of weeks that he's really kind of hit home for me is he he said he's been reading this book it's called I think it's called the gap in the gain, mm-hmm. and it talks about how so often we focus on the gap, where we're at and where we wish we were, and there's this gap, and there's always going to be that gap because where we want to be is always changing as we grow. But if you focus on the game, then you can see how far you've come and like how many lessons you've already learned and you know, where you started last year to where you are this year. And if you focus on just a little bit of progress every single time, like, no, my, I, I haven't roped cows very well. And my horse has been really inconsistent, but I have gotten to where I'm in control of my runs instead of letting my, my fear of what my horse is going to do control them. Like now it's like, okay, my horse did that, but I know I did the right step. Um, and so focusing on that progress and focusing on how much I've gained in my mental game, even though I'm not seeing the outcome quite yet, uh, it's just really helped change my mindset this last uh, couple of weeks and, and helped me want to stick to it, even though it's, it's that time of year where you're either winning and killing it, loving it, hungry for it, or, or even winning and still wanting to go home, or you're just kind of on the struggle bus and trying to figure out how to make it better. So, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, and it doesn't matter if you're pro rodeo and amateur rodeo. And if, if you're out there and you're going after a big goal, like there's struggles and it's, it's you're only human, you know. And, and as you said, you're a rookie and you're out there fighting a big, bad world and, a, and uh, trying to conquer this big beast and doing it alone. Can, it can feel lonely, but you're not. You know, everybody who's listening to this is certainly cheering you on and looking forward to seeing you be successful because of your – um if your willingness you. to share and to grow is awesome. Thank you. You bet. I just thought that was really cool. The gap in the game. No, I love that. And
3: you know, when I left college station for the summer, I my rodeo my assistant rodeo coach, uh Roger Hanagriff, he had bought books for all of us. And I couldn't make the meeting with the team. So I met with him privately. And we talked about the mental game and he gave me this book and it was really good. And he had told me, he's like, you know, like, I feel like you've got the best mental game of like most college students I ever see. Because You'll be at the college rodeos and you'll be, you know, helping someone in the back or you'll be laughing in the corner and they'll be like, all right, Victoria, it's your turn. And you'll just walk up like it's no big deal. And he's like, I just think you have a great mental game. And, like, I really appreciated that. And then, honestly, I felt like that night, like, like my mental game just went out the window. Like, I get home, and, like, you know, it was right before Corpus, and uh, Bunny needed a few days off, so I couldn't ride her. And then um, I got in a little wreck, and, like, it was just, like, everything. Like, it was like the devil had me pinned in a corner and was just had me up against a wall. And so I, I really appreciated that, and I've been trying to get back to that mindset and it is hard once you're in that spot of like everything's wrong uh and you know tammy is all the mind gym is a a big book like a big favorite of hers and it says i'm pretty sure it's the mind gym it says in there like your brain does not process like negatives like if you say do not hit a barrel going into the alley all your brain processes is do hit a barrel because like those negatives don't go through and like there's a science behind it and so at some point you've got to decide like you are going to go in there and you're going to make a pretty run it doesn't matter if like hitting a barrel just shouldn't be what you think about or so I've been trying to get back to just the positive mindset and where I think I need to be and you know it's just I talked with I say this great place in Casper, Wyoming. I love their family so much. It's Dylan and Rachel Wailert. Uh, I had talked to her that morning and I was like, you know, I'm just in a slump. I like, I want to go home. I want to go home. And I probably vented to her for so long. And, you know, throughout the day, that was when I told Tammy, well, I don't want to go home anymore. And it was just like something flipped in me. And I was like, I don't want to go home anymore. And I had Casper that night and Rachel was like, can I go with you? I would love to take the kids to the carnival. I'm like, please, I would love a distraction. And we had talked on the way there and she's like, man, when you were talking to me, all I could think was, please, God, give this girl the strength to keep going. And like, she told me, she prayed for me right then. She prayed for me when she got to her house. And like, that almost brought me to tears because that means so much to me that, you know, we're not strangers at all. Like I, I, but she's not like. I feel like she's family to me, but we have barely known each other. And for her to like, feel so compelled to praise, to pray to God. And then like that day I felt something flipping me. And I was like, I'm not going home. Like she was like, you know, girls pray and they go their whole lives and they never have a horse that can get you, get them where you are right now with your horse. And I'm like, you're right. Like, and you know, I could say, I want to come back out here next summer and God might not have that in his plans. I've I've walked out and, you know, had a healthy horse at three and had one that we, and that same horse buried at seven. So if God wants to, he will, but your plan doesn't always line up with God. And that was like, that like touched my heart because it was like, I felt God in me. And he told me like, you, you cannot go home. You cannot go home. You've got this horse. You've got to stick it out a little longer. It, it takes a long time figure out these pans and i have been comparing myself to other people and other horses and just like I've had to step back and just realize that God put me here for a reason. And that's like a lot of the reason why I'm like, if I have, I, I don't think I'm anybody. I think my mayor's great. And I think everyone talks to me cause they want to, they want to know the mayor's story. But if I have a platform to just even tell one person about what God's done for me, then I want to, I want to do it
1: awesome and thank you yes of course chills absolutely That's
3: what i, I like I, we were driving and i was like crying she's like i just went to my house and right then i'm like please god please god please give this girl the strength to keep going and i was like wow like that means a lot because something in me flipped like i went to town and that dealership and casper was not nice and I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I can't find anyone to fix my truck and I've got 200 miles until I can't move it anymore. And, or that's what they were thinking. Luckily it wasn't the truth. And I'm like, everything is telling me to go home. Everything's telling me for my brother to bring up a truck here and we just limp everything home. And it'd be so much easier to go home. And I was like, no, I, I don't wanna go home anymore. Like, I like just, I wanna stay out here. And I, I don't know, That just is so crazy to me. Just how fast. God can work when you know he wants something like that. Incredible.
1: I want to, like, as you were talking about just a little bit ago, you know, having somebody pray for you. Uh, one of the things that I, I read a book and it's it's called The Power of the Praying Life, but we've taken that and uh, applied it to some other areas of life. And one of the chapters in that book, it really talks about just having a group of people that you really trust, whether it's one or two or three. Uh, of prayer warriors and I have two best friends and and I had never done this myself. So it was kind of a step outside of my comfort zone, but I felt called to do it and to share it with them. And so I got them each a copy of the book and shared with them about like having these prayer warriors. And they're just people that you trust to not judge you, but to just be able to talk to. And when you're having that day and they can say, Hey, what's going on? What can I pray for you about? What can I pray with you about? And we text prayers back and forth, and sometimes it's a phone call. Sometimes it's a FaceTime of just sharing what's going on, what's on our heart. And what's on our heart, what we're feeling isn't always true. You know, there's facts, and then there's feelings. And they're not the same most of the time. Uh, But just being able, one, to get it out there, like you were talking about, being able to vent and to share with somebody who wasn't judging you, who wasn't trying to say you're right or wrong or anything um and having those people in your corner that you can just call up and say hey i just i need prayers right now and i feel like for us you know we're all in we were applying it mostly to our marriages but also to our friendships and stuff and our our family relationships and life and uh it's it's brought us so much closer together and you can just feel god in those moments and so uh i just want to encourage you to keep doing that and when you're having those times like it's really easy to just get in your own head, but rather than than allowing yourself to go down that path, just call that person or those people who you can say, Hey, I need to pray. I need somebody to pray with. I need to feel God. I need to get out of my own head. I need to rebuke the devil. And it will be amazing how that can help you through those moments.
3: I, I completely agree because, you know, like I've been a Christian my whole life and I believe in God and I've seen what he can do. And I've never felt it that instant, like like within a day's time of like everything flipped around and there was no reason for it to flip around. But other than that, everything I had been thinking was just a part of the devil. And I'm not going to say Rachel was the only one who prayed for me because I know my mom did. And my mom was just feeling so bad and I was venting to her and I feel bad about, I was just in a bad, like and it just seems so dumb because like I, sh- I had a healthy horse and it was just dumb for me to feel that way. Uh when I mean everyone loses. You know, I talked to uh I mean I talked to Casey at Barrel Racing Magazine and she's like, you know, Emily was high money over the fourth of July and she still said, you know, I only really placed at two or three. I didn't place at all of them. She just did good at the places she went to. And you know, you see world champions out there that they don't they don't win all the time. Nobody does. Everyone, everyone loses. And you know, Trevor Brazil, I think said that even world champions only win 50 percent of the time so it's just been I had just been I think I'd been on a winning streak and I just kind of not that I forgot what it felt like to lose you you don't ever forget that feeling but uh I had just I had been pushed back a few pegs and humbled a little bit and reminded that you know my horse is not a machine and she is they aren't I think Tammy says critical thinkers. So they don't understand that the difference of like, you know, I I ran her at Sheridan one day and it was like a very offset pattern, really deep sand. And we drove all night to Salt Lake City and it was completely different setup. And Tammy's like, she doesn't understand that. You can get her in the arena and you can ride her around. But at the end of the day, she doesn't understand the difference and you've got to be there to help her. And she's not going to need the same kind of help every time. So it's going to, it's going to challenge you because you're not going to know what she needs until right there. And you've got that long to fix it or, you know, that's just how it is. And so to have people praying for me, even when I don't know that they're praying for me, like just means a whole
1: lot. Right. And I think too, you know, one thing uh, that I kind of hear you saying sometimes is like, winning I think sometimes we can get so caught up in winning being the money one but I think when we focus on executing the process then the winning and the outcome will take care of itself if we consider our wins as hey I went in there I adjusted to this setting I did my best to help my horse like I stuck to my plan or or whatever the process was that you had prior that's a win you know the scoreboard is what everybody else can decide if they think you're winning or not but you get to yes. decide what a win is you and it doesn't have to be money related because uh there's so much more to it than that
3: yes that's what I was getting so caught up in was like the placings and like man I was this far off at every rodeo like and it wasn't even we weren't even doing the same thing every time and that's what I was telling Tammy it was bothering me so much I'm like how am I supposed to help her if she doesn't turn the first sometimes and the next time she does and you know sometimes she does this at the second barrel and the other time she doesn't like how am i supposed to help her if i don't know what she's going to do and we're still this far off and she's like, like <laughs> she texted me i feel like if i could go on my phone i probably have be patient texted to me from tammy like 7 times and finally i was like tammy that's driving me to the brink of insanity like i can't hear that anymore like i need something more than be patient cuz i've been patient for a month month and a half and it's just not working and i i'm perfectionist and you know, I'm very critical and I'm like, I want to get out there and I want to work and I want to, I want to fix this. And Bunny's not like that. She, she's a perfectionist, but she, we don't go much more than a walk on the barrels just because we've got to level her back down. And so it's hard for me, you know, that can kind of mess up your confidence too. Cause you're like, well, I can do it at a walk, but when you add 30 miles an hour, can I do it then? And so it was just driving me and saying Tammy's like, get off your horse. Like, just get off, go relax, like quit thinking about it. And even now, you know, when she was here, I never went faster than a walk on Bunny. Uh, I would trot kind of what, what we were working on, on Quincy, but it was still just, you know, Bunny doesn't, it, it's hard for me to feel better about it when I can't fix it that's just how I am I want to be on there and I want to feel it fixed and so I'm gonna have I just have to learn like you know on the run at Cheyenne I've got to learn how to do what we've been working on all week at a faster pace than a walk or trot which is you know just it's hard mentally but at the end of the day you've just got to figure it out at some point but yeah she was texting me to be patient all the time and I'm like at, at some point I, I lose all of my patience and I just want to fix it and I want to win. And I told her, I'm like, this. I feel like I'm embarrassing my horse. Like, we're not doing awful, but we just aren't doing great. And I just had higher expectations. And I, I don't want to embarrass my horse. I want to make her look as great as I think she is. And I want her to win out here. And it's just been taking me a while to get everything together. Mm-hmm. You're human. Yes. Yes. That's what she keeps reminding me. And I was like, it was, I was crying and she's like, honey, doesn't know that there was a wall at the first barrel or there's a wall at the second barrel. And I'm like, she's smarter than that. Yes, she does. So I got her in the arena and I told her she's smarter than that. And she's like, no, she's not. She's a horse, you know, she doesn't understand. And I was just like, I just had to take a deep breath and like relax and just remember like you know, she also doesn't know where we're at, why we're doing this, like what the end goal is. She knows nothing but that we're not at 110 degrees weather.
2: Why it's so important to have such a good relationship with your horse in the way that you and Bunny do, that you know, each other in the way. that. Yeah. You and, you know, we for about a
3: week, we were like, not on the right, like, she was getting mad at me. She's very sassy, and she's she's got a personality, and you know that's why a lot of people don't get along with her. And we were just butting heads for a week, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, come on. Like, I'm trying to help you. You're trying to help me. And so, like, it wasn't all perfect. It was like, you know, when you get in fights with your boyfriend. Like, we were we were arguing for like a week, and you know, she'd get mad at me, and I'm like, because I would separate them to feed, and she'd get mad, and I'm like, so it wasn't always perfect. Like, she is still a horse with an attitude. And I'm still a 21-year-old girl with an attitude. So we do butt heads every now and then. But I do feel like we know each other well enough that, you know, sometimes we just, sometimes she doesn't need to be rode And I need to get off of her because I'm just going to argue with her. And she's just going to argue with me. But I, I do feel like I know her a lot better through the summer. And I'm learning so much about her that I never knew before.
2: So have you been running multiple horses over the summer, or is it just mainly Bunny?
3: So um, I have Bunny and Quincy out here. I ran Quincy at the Calgary Qualifier, too, because you can enter horses, and she did really good. We just were just out of making the short go, uh, and then I kept her in Casper. I, I really wanted to run on the last go at Casper since I wasn't making the short go, uh, but I am 99% on Bunny just whenever, like when she was out at Reno. I got on Quincy, but Quincy's not. She, like, I think her third rodeo ever was a rookie roundup, and that was probably her third perf ever. And so, Reno was a lot for her because Reno's a lot for seasoned rodeo horses. Everyone says that, but you don't know that till you get there. And it is a hundred miles to the first barrel, and it is a packed perf. And you're walking through people, and it was a lot for, you know, I call her a colt, She's not technically a cult, but she's probably going to be a cult till she's nine in my book because she just is a late mature. And so I ran her at Reno and I thought she did fabulous. Uh, But other than that, now that bunny's been healthy, I stay on her. Just, I, I would love to run Quincy more. And I hope next year that when I come out here, I split it more on them. But bunny likes, bunny likes being hauled hard and running a lot. That that's, that's what she thrives at. And you know, Bunny's the reason I'm out here. So I I stay on Bunny as much as I can. If she needs a break, I have something to get on. Uh, And you know, she'll tell me if she needs a break. But since we've got her better, I I can thank uh, Dr. Cody Johnson at Elgin, Tammy, and Dr. Don Lee with double X for getting her back uh, to feeling good. We just haven't, thank God, we haven't fallen back to where she needs breaks or anything. And She's happy and healthy. And she's like, I want to say she's running. She's not running bad. She's got, she's healthy. And, you know, she's got the air and we have the pieces. We just haven't put them all together in one run yet. And so I have been predominantly staying on her and jackpotting on Quincy just in case I've got to pull her out for something, but no, I, I'm a one horse, one horse band right now for the most part.
2: How are you keeping both of them at their best, hauling for such a good time? Um, you know, Quincy
3: is, I never thought, she, she didn't haul good in Texas, so I didn't think it was gonna be good out here, but she, we call her the garbage unit. Like, she gets leftovers. Like if Bunny doesn't eat, that's her next meal. Uh, she will, I mean, she drinks like nothing else. I mean, she just, and she'll lay down tied up at the trailer, She'll roll tied up at the trailer. Like if I'm worried that she's going to lay down on rocks, I have to tie her head up. She hauls fabulous. And then I will just ride her in the open arenas or I'll pony her with Bunny. Uh, She's probably not in the greatest shape she could be in just because I don't run her that much. Uh, And then Bunny, you know, a lot of the, I'm like, I could look at my schedule. A lot of it is, you know, running almost every day. And so when it's like that, uh, I try to stay up for as much as I can, but I, I was trained by Tammy Fisher and you get in that arena every time you can. So if I get, she'll be ridden twice a day. If like if the arena's open and I mean, all I do is walk, that's, that's mainly her, you know, I, I hate it as a, you know, analytical thinker and everything. I, I want to like trot and I want to lope and I want to set everything up, but she just, she can't do that. And so like, I know, We drove all night, one night over the fourth and we ran at Mandan, unsaddled water, we sweated legs, everything. Then we drove all night to Cody and got to Cody at five. I unloaded her from the trailer and I saddled her up and I took her uh, to the arena and I walked her. So, and like, I mean, the last two days, all she did was walk. And so I guess I feel like she's in good enough shape to where I don't need to, you know, long trotter every day to keep her in shape or breeze her. I mean, if we have a few days off, I'll get on her and I'll, or I'll pony, I'll pony uh, Quincy on her because she she loves to trot and she will just drag you across the pasture trotting. Either way, if you're on her, if you're ponying her, she will just drag you around. Uh, But I feel like the main thing for Bunny is the runs have been keeping her in shape and I just try to level her back down in between and I just try to ride Quincy as much as I can. I'm usually, like if there is an open arena, you will most likely find me in there. Like I'm going to drive to Cheyenne today for the open arena because, you know, Tammy taught me football players. They go to the arena uh, or they go to the field before they play, you know, see the lighting, the turf, you know, feel everything, get the atmosphere in. And with our horses, not being critical thinkers. uh, It's it. I don't know if it makes a difference. You know, I I feel like it does and I'm going to believe it does so that I keep going to them. Uh, but, you know, I get her in, I let her feel the ground. I let her see the fences, the banners. I, I'll walk the invisible imaginary barrels fight if, if I can. Uh, and, you know, just seeing the setup and like where the light's shining and what it's like, what the alley's like. You know, the alley is, uh, I fight that a lot on Bunny just cause she doesn't, she's not a calm horse and she likes to take off from the back 40. And like at Cheyenne, you cannot do that or you'll be out of force before you get to the first barrel. And so I try to get her in there and just remind her, you know, every time we're in the arena doesn't mean we're going fast. And so that's mainly her, her conditioning program. It's not really conditioning, but is just getting on her in between runs and walking and settling her back down. And, you know, I have to remind her it's a speed event sometimes, but then again, I have to remind her that it's not always running fast because that's all she wants to do is just go fast, go fast. Uh, And so I, I could do better with Quincy. I feel like sometimes I get distracted with Bunny and I, I feel bad because I think Quincy deserves a little better. And I, I try to find as many jackpots as I can to go to. Uh, but I think when I get home and I can focus on Quincy and Clifford, Quincy's going to be in a lot better shape. But, you know, on the road, I talked to Tammy about this yesterday. Quincy has matured more two months on the road than she did two years in Texas. Like she is a totally different horse. Uh, and so I feel like even at the end of the summer, if I didn't get very far with her in the arena, I got super far with her just outside of it. And she grew up a lot. And she, she doesn't act like the baby that I left home with.
0: I really like that you said you know, that you get in the arena. I think when I was pro rodeoing myself, one of the best things that I could do for my horse was get out there and let him feel the ground before so that he would know if it's muddy or if it's clay or if it's sand. And, um, like I would walk the stakes. You can't walk them on your horse, but you can walk around them on foot and doing that kind of stuff. I feel like like that was a game changer for me in making sure that I also, in my brain and my subconscious were working for me instead of against me. And, um, I think it also helps you set yourself up for the next time that you're going to be competing at that same arena. When, you have done more homework than just your run then it allows you to visualize it in the practice pen when you are just walking through it or trotting through it and you're at home and you can say okay I'm gonna pretend like I'm at x y or z arena and this is what it looks like and this is what the ground's like and all of that it helps you run through that visualization even if you're just in the practice pen at home to set yourself up for success next time
3: I 100% agree I mean like what Tammy and I like we'll be going to an arena we've gone to 15,000 times before and we will still get in the arena. And you know, we we'll, we we'll, what, I mean, yeah, you can't walk around the stakes. so we walk past the stakes and we go just like to get them to the fence. And I, I mean, I told Tim, like there's a college rodeo that I had to leave like I think a day early to get in the arena. And I'm like, but I'm doing this because Tammy Fisher just makes me think that I need to get in the arena to win. And she just laughed at that. But, uh, I don't know. That's I, I am almost in every single arena out here, like Livingston I got in, uh, Strong City, Kansas was the one I won, and it had been dry for all the slacks and perfs, and it downpoured like two hours before my perf, and they had not drugged the ground, so there was like all the from slack had made rests around the barrels, and I didn't know what it was like wet, so I saddled my horse up, and I went in there, and I loped her around, and I'm like, this is great, we're going to run, we're going to try to get a check, and then she ended up winning it by two tenths. Uh, so I, I'm the one that gets in the arena and like Cheyenne, it's, it's not always convenient to, you know, it, it's not going to be convenient to drive an hour to Cheyenne and then drive an hour back. But if that's what it takes to, you know, place or get me back to the semifinals, then why wouldn't I? Cause it's not going well, to hurt, hurt her.
0: Yeah. And even if you don't, you know, that you've done the things that it took to get those results, you know, even if you don't get that, like we were talking about before that scoreboard that you want, because you can't control what everybody else does, but you can control how you prepare. So I just want to applaud you for, for doing it. Like, yeah, it is an hour there. It is an hour back. That's probably three hours out of your day, four hours out of your day, but that's what champions do. They take that time to set themselves up for the best success that they can. And, you know, as long as you're doing that, then the results will fall. However they fall, but if God's got it in his plan for you to win and, um, yeah, focusing on doing that kind of stuff. And for those of you who are out there who are struggling, I think it's really important to ask yourself. And this is something that I even asked myself this morning when I wasn't feeling super motivated. I'm just like, what do champions do? If I'm a champion, what am I gonna do? Yeah, for sure. And like
3: I mean, if I do bat tomorrow and I didn't go to the open arena, all I'm gonna think is, man, if I would have just if I would have just hooked my trailer up, loaded my horses up and gone. I might've had a different outcome. and am like, at this, if I go out there, I've done everything I possibly can besides those 20 seconds in the arena because that alley is long. Uh, then, you know, what else could I have done besides that it just wasn't meant to be.
1: Yeah, exactly. It
0: reminds me of the serenity prayer.
2: Mm-hmm. And doing things like that I think really helps with my mental game, knowing that I could I did everything I possibly could have done, yes. And that I didn't leave anything on the table.
3: Exactly, and you know there was. I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm probably gonna work Quincy. She goes to the left, but you know she was she started to the right, so I'll probably just work her to the right because I can go faster than a walk on her and just. I, I've been struggling with where my hands, and my body needs to be. I mean, at Salt Lake City, if anyone saw me. They probably thought I was like a toddler because Tammy had texted me after Sheridan. She's like, Oh my God, your feet are so far back and your body is so far forward and you're riding awful. And I'm like, so I think, I so you think I should tie my stirrups forward? And she's like, I mean, I'm not going to say it, but you can. And so I got to Salt Lake city and I tied my stirrups forward with haystring. And so I'm like, if I have something in my trailer or in my head to help me, ride better than I'm going to do it. And, you know, I've rubber banded my hands down. I think it was before Emily did, but I've rubber banded my hands down. i rubber banded them together. You know, anything that I need to do, that's going to help me. Cause you know, when you get in the arena, it's, it's Allie, Tammy says it's the alley's like a vacuum. It takes your brain out and it puts it back in when you get in. So you can prepare as much as you want, but when you're in there, you don't always have the most control of your body and your mind and what what needs to be going on
0: yeah you gotta do as much as you can outside of the arena so muscle memory takes over and it's the right kind
3: yes exactly and so like when I took off at Salt Lake City I was like oh my goodness my feet were far back because I could feel it pulling on me the whole run like and I didn't have them super tight it wasn't like I was gonna fall off the back because my feet were so far forward but I would feel it like every time I would go like another stride i feel it like jerk me forward a little bit and i'm like she was right i am riding in the back seat
0: yeah i heard a little um so like i'm mostly roping not i use front barrels but uh, i was doing a clinic one day and i had taken a picture of helping a girl i thought i was helping a girl because she wanted her left hand like you know how ropers will sometimes they'll swing their rope and then they'll pull their slack with their left hand straight out yeah. well Uh, if we're roping the dummy that's yeah you can still catch it but if we're on a horse your horse is going to go left and so I had wrapped a belt around her waist and around her arm thinking that that would be really helpful because it's going to make her left arm stay in right and my uh, the guy I do my workouts through he's a physical fitness trainer and a doctor his name's Andy Wolf Um, he's down in Tarleton and he said hey he goes like I know you're really trying to do the right thing he said but that's actually counterproductive. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, because you're reinforcing that motion. Like when you push against it, you're reinforcing that there's something there to stop it. So he said, what you need to do is put tennis balls under your arms. And that way you're used to squeezing (laughs) instead of pushing. So it will enforce like when you want to make that move, you'll actually come in instead of going out and chicken arms. And I was like, huh, I would have never, ever thought that.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, like, the rubber bands would just sling me back down and i would feel like okay your hands are getting too high and but yeah that does make sense because like i was pulling and it would just jerk me back and out like on my feet and it would just jerk me like back to where i needed to be
0: but yeah that does yeah. make sense yeah but then when they're not there then you're looking for that reinforcement to bring you mm-hmm. back down but if you're using the tennis balls then you're looking for the reinforcement in instead yeah. of out yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. I, I don't know like i've I've never tried it riding a horse, but I have tried it roping and it does make a dang bit of difference.
3: That's, That's great. Fun. Yeah. Cause like a lot, like what mine was, was a band aid fix. Like I knew I didn't have time to get on my, like we drove yeah. all night, shared into Salt Lake City and I knew it was a band aid fix. Cause when we got to Salt Lake City, I saddled up and I went to the arena again, just like Cody. I'm like, this is going to help her walk around, get out of the trailer and I just tied him up there to feel like I couldn't even feel that I was doing it wrong, but I know I hauled with AC Pinkston and Callie McCall. They're also in the rookie race and AC was just giving me all kinds of hell. She's like, Oh my gosh, this is so funny. And you know, Callie was like, let's do this. Like, tell me how I need to tie it. <laughs> and so it was just funny to have people that are like supporting you, even though they're just laughing a little bit. I was laughing too. I'm like, this is so funny.
0: Yeah. But yeah. That's important.
2: Mm-hmm. So, what have been your favorite memories made this summer?
3: Oh, my goodness. I have a list on my phone. <laughs> uh, I hauled with Sydney Graham, and it has just been like the craziest. I'm, I'm pulling out the list. It has just been the crazy, like just so many weird things. I can't even think of what exactly is the funniest. Uh, I mean, <laughs> You know, we, Canada, I don't know if y'all have been to Canada, but that is like a weird, like you go there and the pumps are weird and the pedestrians, like they, they don't, they don't hesitate. They will just drive in front of your trailer. And I was turning and I had the right away and this pedestrian just drives right in front of me. Uh, But yeah, I don't even know what my, it's just been so, just so many things. don't even know the worst part i can tell you the worst part was uh when my dog was taken at uh livingston that that got me uh that was when i was like okay i'm going home it was the fourth of july i'm like i'm going home uh the canadian border agent or he wasn't canadian he was the american border agent we laughed for like three days because he was so funny um we have been stranded on the side of the road because we can't find a place to stay I don't even know what the funniest thing is. I had a lot of fun hauling with uh, Callie and AC to, it was an all night drive, which is miserable. Uh, But it was so fun to be with them. And we're just cracking jokes and laughing about, you know, three blind, like it is literally the blind leading the blind. All three of us don't know what we're doing, where we're going, nothing. And it is just three of us blind leading the blind. (sighs) I don't even know I think it's hilarious when Quincy lays down while she's tied up. I've never seen a horse do that before. I don't the funniest thing. It's just been fun hauling Sydney. Like she's funny and she's my cousin. So, you know, we get along and we argue, but then we're just right back to getting along and I don't know. It, it, there's been a lot of fun. Like I'm not going to get on here and say that the summer has been awful and miserable and, nothing's been good at it we've had a lot of fun and there have been a lot of funny memories that you know we were probably crying in the in the moment but now looking back it's just hilarious there's just not one big thing that I think sticks out the most it like all of the funny stories are like we were we were crying in the moment and we had Quincy is like my guard dog uh it's really bad I'm trying to fix it but uh, she doesn't like horses near bunny and she will just flat out double barrel kick. And so when we, we first left for the summer, Tio is Sydney's horse. He had never been turned out with a horse at all. He's 16, never been turned out with another horse. He'd been very sheltered. And so we set our panels up separately. Like we would set them around my trailer and then we'd run a panel through the middle and every single night for like almost a week at two to 3 AM on the dot, the trailer would shake and we would jump out. I mean, we would be in pajamas, like straight pajamas and it'd be pitch black outside. And Quincy would have the panels over and she had him cornered in the back because he really liked Bunny. And Quincy just, Quincy does not like horses next to Bunny. She is like, they're tied together. We can't tie horses when they're together because she will kick them. And so we have laughed about that all summer because now they're all three best friends. But for five days, Quincy had to take Tio to the corner, we t- take him to the bathroom like, you know, parents do with their kids and just him him up in the corner and be like, this is enough. You can't look at her. That's been one of the funny- funniest things because it would just be barely a shake on the trailer and we would be falling at the bottom and we would just know immediately Quincy had taken down the panels and gone to Tio.
2: Do you have any advice for setting out on their first summer run? um bring an impact
3: yeah bring an impact you know stock up your medicine uh the support system i think is the main thing like honestly it's probably the biggest because when you're gonna feel like you want to quit like it doesn't matter if you have rolo if you have sister if you have the best horse in the business you're you're gonna wanna you're gonna wanna come home at some point and quit because it is not always gonna be peaches and roses, and so I think the support system is the biggest. And you know, Tammy never told me, "Don't come home." Like that was she never said, "Don't come home." Uh, she like knew that uh, she knows me well enough that I'm like I'm stubborn enough. I'm gonna do what I decide to do regardless. She just said, "If you come home." we are regrouping and you're sending me back up there because I did not trade and quit her. And so like having a support system, I think, yes, like my family has helped me a lot, but at the end of the day, they have never been on the road the way that I am or the way that Tammy has been for dude, i I'm sure she's been on the road for 20 years, 20, 30 years. And it's just different when you get out here. And so having someone that has done it before and knows the struggles. I think is the biggest thing, because I would have been home the, the second I got there. I would have drove straight home, and I would not have come back. Like it, it would have been done from there. And so I think having someone that's just supportive, uh, you know, not exactly telling you what to do, but but pointing you in the right direction you need to be in. Uh, but I um, I wish I had better advice, but I still have not figured it out myself. I think that's great advice. (laughs) I I think your support system and like, and like having a strong faith with God and, you know, praying to him and just trying to, you know, follow his plan is the big thing.
2: Mm -hmm. I love that you think the support system is such a big thing in what. Yeah. And, you know,
3: yeah, you leave and you just don't even. I mean, I left with too much confidence and it was, I, I got out here and I, uh, Bell Reefy magazine was like, what's three things you would tell somebody. And I, I didn't even really know my three things. And then I got off the phone and I was thinking about it and I'm like, fake confidence is just so much more important than real confidence because that real confidence will just go away like that, like one bad run. And it's already, it's already going down. And if you know how to have that fake confidence and go in there even when you feel like you can't but you can pretend you can for those 20 seconds 17 20 seconds that's more important I, this is just my opinion like I've been trying to work on my fake confidence because at the end of the day I'm not going to feel 100 percent confident like real confidence in my horse until we start winning more and so I've been having to like fake it you know pretend that I I don't it might even be dumb but I like I'm just pretending that if you know how to have fake confidence you have that with you all the time uh because that real confidence will just it'll go away quick
0: just another perspective on that like I read something at one point in time and it was talking about how uh confidence is an action and courage is an action it's not so much it's not it's not so much a feeling it's a thing that you do like you do things confidently and even if you aren't quite sure about it, you're just doing them confidently and hoping that it works. And um, I think if our if our we're trusting God to give us that courage and that confidence in that moment, like all we got to do is the things so we've got to do, the actions we've got to take care of the process, and let Him take care of the rest of it. And If we have confidence and belief in Him, then He will give us everything that we need to follow through with that.
3: Yes, exactly. Because I was not confident in how I was. I was writing timid. I wasn't
0: riding her confident
3: and so I just was like you know what it doesn't matter if I like think I can do it or not I'm going to go out there and I'm going to pretend that I'm going to pretend that I can for those 20 seconds and pretend that I've been winning and just like fake it. Hmm.
0: Yes well and um, I just want to encourage you like as we wrap this up to trust yourself you know like you <laughs> just You've gotten out there, you've gotten this far, you're on the road and God put you there for a reason to perform, to share his word, to learn the lessons, to learn about yourself and and to be able to reach back to others. And that's exactly what you're doing. And even if it's not going the way that you have it planned in this moment, that he has a bigger plan for you and it's all coming together. And uh, one way that I've been trying to kind of look at it is, you know, in traditional sports. They get a next play in every game. And rather than making every single play a game, looking at the summer as a big, long game, and you just got to focus on the next game or the next shot, the next shot. Like, just because you didn't make that basket like you wanted to, there's still another shot. There's another shot. And at the end of the day, then you have the big game and you get to decide at the end of the year, well, did I come out ahead or did I not? Um, And that's just been a really good perspective change for me is just focusing on, okay, next shot, next play, next play, next play. Um,
3: I really like that.
0: Yeah. And that way we take away some of the pressure on each individual run because it's not each individual run. It's a series of runs combined at the end of the year that matters anyway. And so um, just because you didn't do like you wanted to, or didn't perform quite like you wanted to at one doesn't mean if we focused on that, then we can't move forward to the next shot. So
3: exactly. that's what Tammy's like been preaching, like short-term memory. Like you cannot dwell on what that last run is. And, you know, I have a horse that's great for short-term memory because, you know, we have, when I first got her, we have hit all three barrels and the next one qualified for the American semis. Like she is a very short, like, it doesn't matter what your last run was she's going to reset back to what she knows. And so she's been helping bunny has been helping me with my short-term memory and like you know not dwelling on what happened last time you know yeah. like what I'm saying like it, it wasn't consistently the same thing that we were messing up with and so I, I do really like that
0: yeah like I say I mean just what you said you know it, it's you and her both you went and hit three barrels and then you and her both went and made the America like it's not just her doing it either you were yeah. able to have yeah. that short-term memory as well So you've got just as much going for you as she does. And I know that she's the one that that you're riding and she's the one who has the speed, but you're the jockey and you're the one that she trusts. And so um, just as we wrap this up, um, I'd like to pray with you on here and uh, just encourage you and then we'll call her good. All right, I'll say a prayer for you. Yes. Lord, today, I just want to thank you for bringing us together. Thank you for the relationship that Callie and Victoria have that um, have allowed you to be here in this podcast and allow them both to be here and to share their word and to share their lessons and and to just I just want to encourage Victoria to continue going out going after dreams that you put in her heart Lord because we know that you did it for a reason and Lord we rebuke the devil from those thoughts that that jump in there and that want to cause problems and give her doubt and fear and worry and Lord just I just pray that you cover her and encourage and confidence and your glory and your purpose and your path, because Lord, you have a reason for everything that she's doing. And I just pray that you protect her horse and protect her and her horses and her vehicle and her rig, and just let her finish out this season strong and just help her to have that short-term memory loss and to focus on the next shot and the next play. And Lord, just let her know how many people she's inspiring by being vulnerable and by sharing her experience that it may seem right now like she's in it alone, but Lord, there are so many people rooting for her just because of her willingness to share what she shared today. And, and I just pray that as she shares that and she gets it out of the world and that she gets it out of her body and out of her mind and, and that she's able to focus on, on the good things and the good path and in, in your way, Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity and let her go win we want her to win on the scoreboard, but more importantly, we want her to win in the process and continue to win for you, Lord. Thank you for everything that you've done for us. Amen. Amen. Thank you. That was so good. You're welcome. Well, we're rooting for you and we know you can do it. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Cal, you got anything else?
2: Thank you for coming and being on. Awesome. Oh, I know anytime. It- Few weeks for sure, but taking the time to talk to us is great. Yeah,
0: anytime. So, thank
3: y'all for having me.
0: You bet. And if you ever need anybody to pray for you or pray with you, go ahead and give us a call. We're here for you. Thank you
3: so much. I,
0: it anytime. really means a lot. Yes, you bet. Have a great day. Y'all too. Bye. <laughs> Bye. You for tuning in to the rodeo kids podcast today we sincerely appreciate you and we hope that you took something away from this podcast and probably the most important thing uh, that I think is who you surround yourself with and surrounding yourself not only with good people not only with those who will support you and pick you up when you're down but those who will pray for you there is just nothing stronger than the power of prayer and when somebody, praise for you, praise with you. The presence of God is so strong and it's just almost overwhelming that you just can't help but keep going and to trust God's plan. So uh, find those people and make sure to be that person as well. If you know somebody who's out there who's struggling, take that step. You know, that's one thing that I wish with my parents that we would have done more often is prayed together and prayed out loud. I didn't start doing that until, you know, within the last probably... Six months that I started praying out loud with people and for people and and accepting when people want to pray for me. And it's really just been an eye-opening experience for me. So uh, I just want to encourage you to continue doing that. And we also want you to head on over to rodeokids.com backslash scholarships and fill out that scholarship application if you have a clinic, a camp, or an educational opportunity that you are looking to attend you will not regret learning from people who have more experience than you or who can just see something that you are maybe missing with your horsemanship, with yourself, with your style. It might just be the tiniest little thing, but guys, I'm telling you, that tiny little thing can make a world of difference. So if you are looking to get that competitive advantage, if you're looking for that educational opportunity, rodeokids.com backslash scholarships. We will be giving away our July scholarship next Monday. That'll be on July 31st, excuse me, July 31st, the last Monday in July. Um, once you sign up, if your name is not selected, you're still in there for as long as your clinic uh, is still ahead of the um, the drawing, and then you also have opportunities to apply again after that. If the clinic you wanted to go to has already passed, you can sign up again. So head on over to rodeokids.com and check out the scholarship application form. Hit submit and pay attention because you might get drawn. Safe travels to everybody. Good luck and God bless while chasing your gold buckle dreams.